Hello and welcome to episode 99, almost triple digits, of the Nerd Out Loud podcast, where we talk about the things that you nerd out about, and we nerd out about, and everybody nerds out about. Today is a day in July. I can't read the calendar because my eyes are blinded by the sweat. <laughs> it's early July. It's early July. I am Jeremy. I am joined by my lovely, glowing, smiling, so excited to be here as always, co-host and partner in life and in crime and in love and in podcasting. I don't... <laughs> Christina Wise. Hello. Hello. How are you doing, Christy? <laughs> I'm okay. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it, it is, um, abnormally hot <laughs> here in There needs to be a word beyond Seattle hot. Area. For what it's Oppressively been. hot, I think we would call yes. it. So, uh, you know, we are, we are struggling, uh, to get through this as best as we can. We're all big babies out here in the Pacific Northwest. And, uh, it's been in the 90s for like two weeks. And I think that it's slowly sucking the will to live out of me. Yep. So. And whenever we record, it either has to be super late or super early. Yeah. And we can't have the fans on. And it's 85 degrees in the house at 11 o'clock. It's 11 o'clock at night. And it's almost 90 degrees in our house. We have an air conditioner. We have the windows open. Well, we have fans. Let's say what it really is. It's not really an air conditioner. It's, it's an air conditioner. It's like a a portable It's a portable air conditioner. Yeah, but it's not the kind when people say air conditioning what you think of. Hmm. Okay. My house isn't air conditioned. No, 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 no. This room in 10 feet in front of it? <laughs> yeah. Is air conditioned. Yeah. I propped up the air conditioner on I on a uh on a nightstand to try and get some better circulation. So we're going to see if that works. But uh anyway, I'm sure that you all love hearing about how wonderfully <laughs> warm it is. Um, we have a very interesting show for you tonight. At, we had promised last week the vegan episode that we had teased. Um, our vegan. Apparently, this is the thing that happens now when I try and be responsible and schedule out guests in advance um, is that they uh, have time to cancel. And so I think that I'm going to have to go back to just springing it on guests that they're on the show. <laughs> just say, surprise. Why don't, why don't you just... We're calling. Go to to Whole Foods and walk around. Yeah, I know. With well, your recorder, so our the vegan guest uh, canceled or backed out at the last minute. Maybe we're going to try and reschedule or whatever. But it's super weird because uh, stereotypically, anyway, you would think that vegans are like the most uh, are supposed to be very outspoken about their dietary choices. Everybody makes fun yeah. of vegans for being outspoken vegans and yet i have had the most surprisingly difficult time getting one to uh be willing to uh given a platform to share about things but um so what we're going to talk about because uh it's an issue near and dear to both of our hearts i think uh we're going to talk about the recent supreme court of the united states the scotus ruling regarding same-sex marriage uh we had some really interesting <laughs> viewpoints from a, a, a broad variety of guests, and it uh, it ended up being quite an interesting turn of events that <laughs> that uh, 
drew us all together. And we're going to go through, we're going to play these interviews that we had. Um, and, uh, and then we'll talk a little bit about them, I guess, afterwards. Do you want to like talk sure. between them or? Uh, and so I put out a thing on Facebook because I was interested in talking to these people. Um, I just put a thing on Facebook that said I'm looking for people that are – I was trying to find people that kind of had a maybe a different perspective on this ruling because I wanted to hear from them. Um, so I was looking for like gay-affirming pastors. I was looking for people that were not excited or, or not in support of the ruling that the Supreme Court made. Um, for religious reasons or not for religious reasons. And I actually got a couple people to respond and then followed up with a couple phone calls and all that stuff. And so let's just jump into the first one. Um, this is, this is Jason from Portland. And I'll just preface this actually. So Jason is, uh, I think I met him on Twitter a long time ago and he had a podcast like back in the day that was, I think maybe a grand total of like 30 episodes, but um, he was kind of one of the people that uh, showed me that podcasting was a thing that people people could do, that normal people like you and I, it wasn't reserved for just, <laughs> um, you know, crazy famous people or whatever that, you know, whoever could do it. So um, you guys can get pissed at this guy for, blame him for <laughs> for all of this, but here he is. Hello? Is this, is this Jeremy? This is Jeremy. How nice to finally informally meet you over the phone. <laughs> I know. I've, I feel like I've heard your voice. It, it feels so personal. So what's happening? Uh, so I thought it would be fun to hear your reasoning because you, you answered my call that I put on Facebook for people that were uh, not maybe not thrilled or, or had kind of maybe a, a unique viewpoints regarding the same-sex marriage thing. And um, it was interesting because I put it on Twitter, too, and somebody responded and was like, I want to hear from somebody that wasn't happy about it, but not for religious reasons. And uh, and some, <laughs> some somebody said that that didn't exist, but then it sounds like maybe it did exist with you. It does. It sure does, Jeremy. So I take it then you would like me to explain uh, the thought there. Please. Okay, so... I don't have a problem with the noun aspect of the Supreme Court ruling on uh, same-sex marriage, gay marriage, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, an assault on quote-unquote traditional marriage, uh, <laughs> some say. I have a problem with the verb ruling on it because I don't – you would be hard-pressed to make a case that I could believe in 2015 why any – uh, federal or state authority has any reason to uh, validate any relationship between one or two, I guess you can't have a relationship between one consenting adult, but any number of consenting adults should be free to enter into that sort of contract freely and not have it be um, either frowned upon or smiled upon by any sort of authoritative uh, body, if you will. Yeah. So you're saying you would make sense. You're saying you would have preferred it to be um, not just talking to same-sex marriage, but just saying, "Hey, how about this? The federal government is going to get out of the business of talking about anybody's relationship between consenting adults." Yes, or any government at all for that. I mean, it sounds very uh, not to use 
something that everybody uses, but it's very Orwellian to me that we have to have a ruling at all about any of that. Like, there shouldn't, you know, some people say there's a marriage tax penalty and some people say it's an advantage. None of that should exist. There's no reason for any of that, in my opinion. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, one thing that's really annoying, well, one thing that I've seen quite a bit of from people that are upset about this is that they'll say, oh, it's the slippery slope, whatever, like now, you know, pedophiles are going to want rights and we're going to be forced to marry donkeys or whatever. And and I, I mean, obviously, that's a ridiculous place to take this whole discussion um, because we're not, you know, we're talking about consenting adults. We're not talking about children. We're not talking about animals. A- animals and children cannot consent. <laughs> so we're talking about consenting adults. So let me preface hey, it. With my th- goat wife, Linda, would vehemently disagree with her <laughs> lack of consent. Yeah. But that's totally so, unrelated. So let me, but, but let me say, do you, I mean, don't you think that in some ways this might be a uh, a first step towards towards you know not you know the government even having less say in what in what constitutes a marriage or you know what I mean like it, isn't this maybe a first step to seeing what you would hope the end goal to be? No, <laughs> absolutely not. No, not, no way, Jose, because. They've already been deciding these things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, we already started. The slippery slope is, like, 150 years ago. <laughs> We're at the bottom of the slope now. Mm-hmm. Like, this is bad all the way around. Mm-hmm. So, because everyone's assigning legitimacy to what nine people say constitutes a, a legally viable union, Yeah, it's just because it's fair and it's something that most rational people agree yeah, should be okay. Uh, you, you know, I don't yeah. think that's a good thing at all. So, um, are you are you married? Do you mind me asking? <laughs> Why, Jeremy? Do you have something in mind? <laughs> uh, yes, yes, yeah. I am. So I sure am. So there are there are certain benefits to you being married. It, do, sure. Yeah. Sure. Do you? Uh, I mean, afforded to you by the federal government, whether it be tax benefits or you know, if if one of you ends up in the hospital or if you have children or whatever. Don't I mean? Wouldn't you say that it's reasonable for same sex couples to be able to to want kind of this access to the same benefits that you have, since those things exist already? Okay. No, I like where you're going with that. Uh... Yeah, no, that you know, equal uh, treatment under the law and whatnot, freedom of association, freedom of contract, you know, yada, yada. But just because, uh, you know, just because those things exist, isn't that's not a reason to uh, stick the foot in uh, in the uh, pokey pokey ring. There. Sure, that's a really bad analogy. I hope you didn't it's- even. Just gloss over that. Edit that out. That's mm. horrible. No, that's going to be the episode title. I like what it. What I'm saying is, though, those things should not be the case. You know, if you say, like, okay, maybe you get a tax uh, break because your wife doesn't work, and you do, and so you have to split your income, theoretically, between two people, and that's considered a benefit, I mean, that's not a really good argument to me because... Mm-hmm. 
you should just be taxed on your income. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? like it's flat and the other person doesn't have an income. Yeah. So they don't get taxed. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, they're a dependent. doesn't matter if they're your kid, your wife, your husband, and you're the other husband. It did, none of that is relevant to me. Mm. It, or it shouldn't be. It's not a rational way to go about anything. Yeah. So I, that's kind of a traditionally kind of a libertarian view, right? Just get government, get out of our lives. Yeah, I guess, you know, that's most of my belief system would probably be describable as that. Sure. However, I, I hesitate to use that word because the libertarian party's fucking crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 sorry to I, you know, drop the, the old F on there, but those guys, like, they're just, I think they go out of the way to seem kind of nutty to, yeah. to attract the 4% of people they know they can get. Yeah, it's, so, it's goofy. You know, yeah, it, it's a classic, I would call it classical liberalism, is what mm-hmm. I would call it. So, Which, so, in my opinion, was the whole the whole idea uh, yeah. there, there about uh, seventeen seventy six. Yeah. So, in a perfect in a perfect world, King Jason is is on the throne. Um, what uh, what, <laughs> what uh, how does it look? Uh, just you know, go about your life and marry whoever the hell you want and. Uh, you know, if it's one thing, you know, if a church says we don't want to marry two guys, you know, whatever, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not very important. There just there shouldn't be any recognition of anyone's, uh, you know, not professional proclivities. Right. Uh, it's just it doesn't matter, and you should be able to adopt all the children you want if you have a stable household, and all that's like fine and dandy. But there's no reason to give preferential treatment to to anyone. Sure. It should just all be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, vote for me in 2016. <laughs> King Jason. I like it. Well, That's right. Jason and I, I, uh, I have to give credit where credit is due. You're one of the, you're one of the early podcasters that I listened to and you kind of like got me started. One of the people that got me started on this whole, on this whole road. So. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. Well, that's, that's very sweet of you to say, and, and you're much better at it. And you've recorded like 75 times more podcasts than I did. So that's awesome. <laughs> but you showed me that it was possible. You opened the door and I stepped through it. So thank you for that. Yes. <laughs> Any cheap bastard with a uh, microphone and a computer can do it. It's awesome. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll, um, I'll let you get back to work, but thank you so much for taking the time to, uh, to talk. Hey, anytime. And, uh, thanks. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye. So there you have it. I uh, I think my summary of what Jason J- Jason what I at least think that he's trying to say is that uh, I mean, well, I will say this much: when I I put it on Twitter and Facebook that I was looking to interact with people that were not happy with the decision, and everybody, I I got a lot of people that wrote back and said, "There's no way you're going to find somebody that was opposed to that was." not in favor of the decision for any other reason other than basically religious mm-hmm. grounds or whatever, or like homophobia of some kind. And, um, uh, I, I think we found one <laughs> because <laughs> I mean, I, I like, I know this guy, he doesn't, um, you know, he's never come off as a hateful or homophobic person. And, um, but, uh, I guess my summary or my like, I think that what he's saying is basically it reminds me a little bit of my whole I I want to get rid of all guns like make all guns illegal and turn them into school buses. Mm-hmm. 
it's a fantastic idea, but it will never actually work uh, because of a bunch of reasons. And I think that his idea of basically just saying, like, the government has no part in our relationships whatsoever, gay, straight, like, you know, polygamous, whatever, that, you know, people can be married and it can be a religious ceremony, but it has no bearing on how they are treated by the state. I mean, that was my kind of takeaway mm-hmm. of it. And it, I, I like that in concept. Um, the reality is that we live in a country where this the marriage does come with certain <laughs> benefits, uh, you know, tax, whatever, insurance, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and there's no reason to not have those same benefits extended to same sex couples. So Or take them all away. Yeah. Or take them all away, I suppose. But I think that that would be. We could still do that. And I would be totally fine with that, honestly. The, I mean, that's one thing that gets me is that we, is that Christians, and we'll get into that <laughs> in our next interview, they um, are very much in favor of marriage as they define it, as they feel that it says in the Bible, and they're all about it, and they push it, and they celebrate it, mm-hmm. but in reality, it's a, f- a fence sitting of church and state where you get married in a church and it's a religious ceremony, but also you get a whole bunch of benefits for doing it. And right, so it yeah. just seems that we need to just figure out what, which, which it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Christians, <laughs> well, uh, Go into this next one. This is uh, Pastor Kevin Clancy from the Firehouse Church on Bremerton, and he shared. Um, I'm Facebook friends with him. Friend, I am Facebook friends with him, and he commented that he didn't feel strongly about it, but he thought it was <laughs> a mistake or something like that. And um, and so we uh, I we we talked to him for about half an hour, and I cut it down to. 10, 15 minutes, but we'll just, we'll play that now. Uh, you responded to my, the thing that I put on Facebook, uh, about, about Christians and you're, you're a pastor. Yeah. I've been for, you know, almost 30 years and, uh, 40 years. and, And you said, you said in your response that, um, you weren't, you weren't so much worried about, or you, you weren't upset or, or about the actual ruling itself that happened. Yeah, I don't know that I was, I wasn't angry. Um, you know, I think it was wrong, uh, but uh, I don't put a high level of, I guess I'm, I'm a little cynical when it comes to government and don't put a high level of uh, hope in that arena. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, it's the way the culture has been moving for the last 30 years. So I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. I was disappointed, but, I, you know, I didn't, I didn't lose any sleep over it. Yeah. And why why were you disappointed? Um because I think that there that it is really flippant and possibly very dangerous. I don't know what the consequences will be, but to change a 4,000-year-old definition of the foundation of western society kind of just on a vote. Um you know, people say, well, that's not going to hurt anybody, and 
you know, what do we care about what people are doing in their own bedrooms? And, you know, we should have equal rights um, for everybody under the law. I get that. But as a Christian, you know, I think God is the creator of the human race. And I think uh, the life, death, ministry, resurrection, ascension of Jesus Christ is foundational for me. Uh, the writings of the early church, especially from St. Paul and the other epistle writers, um, are authoritative in my life. Uh, Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, uh, kind of spell out God's heart for the human race before human beings fell. And I think those witnesses, especially Jesus, Paul, and Genesis 1 and 2, give a real strong affirmation to God's intention for the one man, one woman union till death do them part. And I think any I think when a culture kind of messes with what the author and creator says, hey, this, this is how it works. This is what I created you for. I think there are going to be ramifications. I think there are going to be consequences. Uh, God doesn't God doesn't make rules or 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 kind of lay down things for us capriciously or to be harsh or to be unfair. He's he, he made us and he loves us and he knows how it works best. And so I think I think God's smarter than the Supreme Court, and he's smarter than me. Maybe you have had this experience, and you can just tell me how it went, but, I mean, have you ever had people coming into your church that are openly homosexual, and how how would you respond to that, or how have you responded to it in the past? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a couple issues. One is, what is the person who is, who is homosexual in orientation, uh, committed Christian, and, you know, comes to me and says, Pastor, this is, this is what I deal with. And, uh, and I don't know how to deal with this. And in that instance, there's counseling, there's love, there's acceptance, there's welcome to the club of people who struggle with issues in their life. You're no different than anybody else in this church. Okay? Exactly the same. Um, if I had somebody come into my church, I had a couple of women who were coming to the firehouse a while back. Um, I think they were living, they, they never came to me and said, um, we're living in a gay relationship, but I th- or a lesbian relationship, but I think they were. And, you know, they left after a while, after they heard, you know, I think after they heard my views and some of my preaching. Um, but if they would have come to me and said, hey, we're a lesbian, we love each other, we're living together, we don't have any inclination to change whatsoever, what's your stance? That's called welcome to, welcome to the Firehouse Church. Uh, nobody's going to chase you away, you know. Uh, you're more than welcome here, but you need to know that I think you're living in rebellion. And so that person wouldn't, they wouldn't be a Sunday school teacher. They wouldn't be on the, they wouldn't be on the praise band. In fact, let me give you an example. It was, this wasn't homosexuality. This was heterosexuality. But I had a young man, gifted guitar player, nice guy, came to the Lord through our ministry, loved the church, and, uh, this was back in California, and he was playing the guitar for us on our praise band. Got a girlfriend, got no problem with that, started living together with his girlfriend. He, you know, outside of marriage. So I took him aside and said, John, you and your girlfriend are welcome here at the Firehouse Church, but I'm going to have to ask you to step down from the praise band. And he got offended and hurt, and word went out throughout the community that we didn't welcome people who were living together. Like, no. I told him, come to church, no problem. But in a position of visible leadership, to be in kind of open, 
Look at everybody in visible leadership is struggling with stuff. I got, I got no problem with that. I would have no problem having a person on my leadership team who was homosexual in orientation. Uh, if their attitude was, I recognize this as a place in my life. I'm doing my best to live celibate. I'm doing my best to, to see healing. And great. You're welcome to the club. You know? Come join me at the altar. Uh, you can pray for me and my heterosexual struggles, and I'll pray for you and your homosexual struggles. You know, there's no difference. Well, and what about things like what about like divorce? Uh, because div- divorce is perfectly legal in our in our culture or in, in the law, um, and right. and commonly practiced in the law. Um, but yeah, but it's also clearly not God's plan in in Scripture, right? Um, but I I devastating devastating ramifications, especially for children. Yeah. So would you feel that? I mean, would you fe- would you are you equally as upset or, or troubled about divorce being legal in, in the eyes of the law as same-sex marriage? Uh, no, because I think there are certain grounds for divorce uh, that are laid out. Jesus lays out grounds for divorce on the case of adultery. Paul lays out grounds for divorce on the case of uh, abandonment. And so I think there are legitimate grounds for divorce. However, I will tell you, in 30 years of pastoring and marriage counseling, I can't remember one time in my counseling and pastoring practice where a couple has come to me in trouble where I've recommended divorce. And uh, and if you were to ask me if divorce is a sin, I would say absolutely. Yeah. Um, absolutely divorce is a sin. It's, it, it, it's a broken promise, right? However, for example, there's a good friend of mine, a woman down in uh, California, and, uh, you know, she tried... She came to me and said, my marriage is falling apart. And I said, can you give it a year? Can you do everything you can for a year? to make?" It? And she, she bold, courageously said yes. And she did, only to find out at the end of the year that her husband was cheating on her. And so uh, they ended up getting a divorce. Well, she had grounds for that divorce. Yeah. And so, so uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm anti-divorce, man. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, obviously this isn't a popular opinion that you have. Um, I mean, if you were to go on the radio and say the things that you're saying right now, or if you were to go out into like, you know, a mall or something and say this stuff, uh, does that, I mean, how, how do you feel about that? And does it worry you or does it like, you know, I don't like people to be mad at me. I don't like people to yell at me and, Jeremy, I've held these positions in unpopular places before. I was part of a mainline denomination, a very liberal mainline denomination, where this position was very unpopular with my with many of my fellow clergymen mm-hmm. and women. I've been yelled at. I've been called names. Uh, you know, homophobic, heterosexist, uh, hater. And, uh, you know, hopefully you know me well enough to know in relationship that, you know, those things aren't true, but I've been called those things. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I left a safe, comfortable career in a denomination, um, largely because of this issue and others included. And I think, uh, I think, but listen, American, American Christians got pretty easy. Uh, we are not like heavily persecuted. And, and let me, let me say another thing. Um, our boss, our master, our Lord, uh, got killed for giving offense. And so you would think, you would think by the stance of 
of some churches that the 11th commandment is thou shalt not offend, that it's our job to be nice. And that's codependency. That's not love. Now, that's weak. Um, I, I, am, I am far more troubled, a hundred times more troubled, um, by the evangelicals jumping off, uh, jumping off, jumping ship on this, right when there needs to be a unified front, and uh, and running headlong uh, to the culture, um, because well, I, I can't say because my suspicion is because bus and pews um, and codependent um, uh, confusion between codependency and love that our job is to be nice, that our you know our job is to you know. And, and we've been doing that for, for a long time. We've been trying to take the offense out of the gospel. Um, and, you know, we want, you know, oh, people people are upset with the church. People are mad at the church. People are leaving at the church. Gosh, we've got to be nice. No, we got to tell the truth. And sometimes people will like it. Sometimes people won't. And, you know what? They, our brothers and sisters, this, to this day, are dying for telling the truth and believing the truth and following the truth in some cultures. So if people call me names and people get mad at me and people stop coming to the church and don't bring a tire check in anymore, well, you know what, my feelings are going to hurt and I'll feel sorry for myself for a little while and I'll get over it. You know, I don't want people to be mad at me. I'm like everybody else. I like people to like me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but hopefully I have enough courage uh, to be more concerned about God's opinion and, and, you know, one of the prayers I pray, Jeremy, as I grow older, is that I'll finish well and that I will be faithful and fruitful until I die. Mm-hmm. And so unless somebody can show me from Scripture, tradition, experience, and reason where I'm mistaken in this, uh, I think I'll keep my position and I'll risk people being mad at me. Yeah. And have you, and, have you ever, like, had it out? I mean, because I know, I know you— very well. And I, I know that you have been to seminary and, and that kind of stuff. Have you ever have you ever um, had a, a discussion with somebody that believes from a biblical standpoint that the Bible is saying that homosexuality is OK? Right. I've, I've read the arguments uh-huh. and I've had conversations. I, have, I was I was in the United Methodist Church for. uh 11 years, and I was a part of a movement called Transforming Congregations, which was standing against a movement called Reconciled, which was, you know, the big gay-affirming movement in the United Methodist Church in the Pacific, in the Northern California that Annual Conference. And so uh, I've had those dialogues for a long time. Have I ever had any doubts, Jeremy? I've had doubts about everything. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that doubts, one of the things that, that troubles me is that for me, doubts don't chase me away from an issue. They, they, they cause me to dive into it. And so I think there's a lot of, on both sides of the issue, I think there's a lot of knee-jerk reaction, a lot of unthinking response. Um, and I'm not sure that people kind of think through things as much or as clearly as I want them to. Well, Kevin, I appreciate you being willing to share your, uh, your opinion. You were, um, you know, well, I, ha- I, got, I got so much more to say. <laughs> I, I, uh, I have a feeling that this will be the beginning of a conversation. I mean, I obviously, I personally would love to talk to you more about it. Um, 
but uh you know i you are uh, of all of the people i mean i put it on facebook and obviously a, a large part of my community is is you know christian folk and you were uh you were you were one of the only ones that was uh that was willing to uh to to talk about it so i i i really appreciate that well good i was uh i was very much involved in this conversation in the united methodist church when i left the united methodist church i kind of got away from the conversation and uh was a little fatigued and beat up by it but yeah uh it is what is before us and yeah. so if you don't if you don't deal you know i i prefaced my sermon on Sunday that I don't like preaching from the headlines. Right. I think it's reactionary, and I don't think it does long-term, it does good for the congregation, but but uh, uh, so many people are just kind of thinking, trying to think through sexual ethics and marriage and those sorts of things, but I ended up, you know, kind of violating my own, not hard and fast rule, but wisdom, uh, my usual wisdom, and talked about it last Sunday. Yeah. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, that's, I guess that's my biblical theological response. And we're back. <laughs> and Christy's still here. Unlike the end of, the, unlike she was at the end of the interview with uh, with Kevin. <laughs> How long did but, I last? Do you think ten minutes? Yeah, I think about ten minutes. So we'll get into we'll get into that uh, at the end. Well, let's address that, but let's just jump into our next. So then we had a, uh, uh, actually Brittany, uh, from the, I doubt it with Dolamore podcast. We have Jesse Dolamore on, uh, from time to time on here and, uh, his co-host Brittany connected me with, uh, with this guy, pastor Mark trailer from East wind community church out in, uh, Idaho, Boise, Idaho, and uh, you will hear a little bit about him, but basically um, he, he personally, he's a Christian and is um, gay affirming, um, doesn't believe that there's a scriptural case against homosexuality, and so we chatted with him about that, and here it is. Hi, this is Mark. Hey, Mark, this is, uh, this is Jeremy. Can you hear us? Okay. What city are you? What What city are you guys in? Um, we're we're in Everett, just uh, just north of Seattle. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you lived down there where Brittany lives. No, no, we're friends with them. Uh, we're friends with them from the internet. <laughs> oh, okay. It's still only friends most of us have anymore. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, I was very I was excited that um Brittany was able to connect me with uh, uh you're she said you're a pastor. Yeah, yeah, I started a church here uh, in the southeast part of town about uh, 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago. Yeah, uh, and the church the church that you're a part of, is uh, is it gay-affirming? Uh, I don't know. I mean, we don't have an official—yes, the answer is yes. We don't have <laughs> an official status. There are some denominations that, you know, have that— like label, like the uh, welcoming and affirming and all that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're not denominational, so there's nobody to to give us a you know the certified stamp of approval. But right. uh, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, we are you know welcoming and affirming, and hope hopefully we are with everybody, not just yeah you know LGBT. Yeah. So uh, can you? <clears throat> 
I guess so. I'm. Uh, I think I told you a little bit on the email. I I um actually used to be a pastor myself. I grew up in a yeah. Christian home and grew up in the church. Yeah. And, um, was, uh, that was, that's kind of part of my history. And so a large part of my community and the people that I interact with are actually still actively going to church and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. What denomination are you? What denomination did you grow up in? Uh, well, we were an assemblies of God church. Oh yeah. yeah. And then, and then I was actually a, a a licensed Foursquare pastor for a while. Yeah. Those are... Yes, a lot of energy, but definitely not uh, uh, gay affirming. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. The what I what I've kind of noticed um, is that there there seems to be kind of two worlds or or two when I'm when I look at churches or or Christians that um, are gay affirming in in some way or or like at least mm-hmm. open to. Uh, interacting with gay people. I don't know the right way to say it. Uh, they, You're right, right. There, there seems to be like a couple categories, I would say. There seems to be ones right. that are like, oh, well, you know, we'll, we'll accept gay people just as much as we accept, um, you know, people that lie and people that are yeah, selfish yeah, yeah. because just like – just like lying, just like selfishness, um, homosexuality is a sin, but we're not going to treat it yeah. any differently than other sins. And so therefore, right. we love you and, right. and you're welcome here yeah. and that kind of stuff. Yes. We'll take uh, we'll take homosexuals and axe murderers. And, you know, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, throw, well, throw them in that same category, right. So uh, <laughs> which where, where do you lie with that, I'm guessing? I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Well, I, you know, our church, one of the things I'm really proud of is that our church is really mixed. So me personally, I don't believe that homosexuality is a sin. Uh, I, uh, you know, you look at the very few passages in the Bible, uh, and there are very few. You would think, listening to Christians, that's on every page, you know, but uh, it's very, very limited. And really in the Old Testament, mostly... If you, if you look closely, those passages are kind of more in reference to the practices of raping men as a weapon of war. And in the New Testament, the, you know, the practices, uh, refer very probably to pagan temple prostitution rituals and things like this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, you know, the, the passages are very limited. And, uh, my understanding of those very few passages is that, you know, it's not about people who love each other and want to be committed to each other. It's about, uh, you know, sex outside of marriage, which Paul, you know, always has a, a big problem with. Mm-hmm. And it's about, uh, you know, some of these other kinds of ritual practices, uh, though it's hard to tell because there's really uh, so little written, you know, yeah. about homosexuality. So this is, that's my personal view. One of the things I'm most proud of in our church is that we are here in conservative Idaho, though we are out on the edge of town in uh, a district that is more liberal than uh, most other districts, certainly in Idaho, but even in Boise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the second most liberal district in our region. But I am proud because we have like... Uh, liberal people and conservative people in this church and they are friends and hmm. they get along and they um, talk about stuff and they roll their eyes at each other, but they love each other. <laughs> and 
I am really proud of that because I do not know where else that is happening. Yeah. And so <laughs> when I stand up on Sunday, I address the issue, but I don't come down, you know, uh, like a ton of bricks on, um, <clears throat> on, uh, the whole thing, not because I want to avoid the issue, uh, because I actually address it, you know, fairly frequently, but because I don't want to alienate and kind of mess with the mojo we have going on here, mm-hmm. uh, with, uh, conservatives and, Liberals like actually liking each other when they spend time together. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to encourage that isolationism and and uh, alienation and segregation. And uh, so you know I I don't stand up and say no you're stupid if you think homosexuality is a sin. Mm-hmm. But my personal opinion is that uh, the kind of uh, you know um, relationships that we're talking about, especially when you're talking about something like gay marriage. That that isn't isn't really um, identifiable. I think most Christians going around talking about how oh the Bible says it's a sin. Most all of them could not tell you where those passages are, could not tell you what they said, and have not looked at them deeply enough to try to figure out you know the contextual circumstance. They've just been told that's what it says. So doggone it, that's what it says. And I personally believe it's a lot more about uh, personal repulsion than it is about the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's true for Christians and, and non-Christians who, who oppose gay. Yeah. And, you know. Oh, you, you mean that the people opposed to a same sex marriage are, are just repulsed personally repulsed by, by those types yeah. of relationships. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a lot more, difficult to to uh for them to say well here's you know, the real reasons why you know it's kind of i have just because so like i said we talked to a pastor last night he felt very strongly that the bible was clear that the concept of marriage so outside of the verses in the bible that speak specifically to homosexuality he he felt very strongly that the the concept of marriage as presented in the bible um is one man and one woman for forever uh you know for, for as long as they're alive i guess and um uh what how do you i mean what what would your response be to that well i mean yeah i, I mean certainly in that world you know and the context of that world sure that's the way that was written just like it wrote you know writes in there that women ought to wear hats in church as a symbol of authority over them and they ought to shut up in church and yeah you know i think sorting out the difference between um, what's cultural and what's uh, absolute rule of the Bible is always a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, always going to be objective or subjective. Always going to be, uh, you know, like there are churches where they make women wear hats in church, and mm-hmm. and uh, don't let them not, speak. It's still not not mm-hmm. uncommon, uh, though it's less common to say to to say they make them but you know the tradition has become that you know it's like the hijab you know it's you know that was the cultural norm for the bible and mm-hmm. um you know a lot of these a lot of these things come really from the apostle paul you know jesus never said any uh, you know a thing about it and mm-hmm. most of the prophets never said a thing about it you know paul paul just had some hang-ups about sex and if he just shut up the whole world would have been a lot better <laughs> off for 2000 years but 
you know, he's brilliant and said some great stuff, but whenever he gets on to sex, he's an idiot, you know? So, <laughs> uh, the, um, you know, that, that's all, uh, uh, part of that mix to me that the, you know, the, of course the Bible, you know, in Bible times they wrote about, you know, they didn't record incidences of marriage between, between men and men and women and women. Cause it just, it just wouldn't have happened. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, yeah. So, so what has the what has the last week been for you? I mean, has it just kind of been business as usual for you guys as a church, or have has? I mean, I, I, I'm I'm guessing as this has kind of increasingly become a topic of conversation across the country that it has um, af- affected you guys in some way. Um, what what has that been like for you? I think it's probably too early to tell. Uh, I have gotten occasional, you know, just a few emails like asking about it. Mm-hmm. And then I respond. I didn't feel the need to address it in church, uh, on last Sunday because, uh, you know, even recently we've kind of talked about some of these things. And in, in our church, you know, when we talk about it, you know, we talk about, uh, uh, you know, a whole variety of things. But when I, when I, when I say we, I mean, well, I guess when I've talked about it, so a lot of the people who are going to have a real problem with that, I've rooted out, you know, uh, in, in years past, I have, uh, uh, you know, uh, preached the church down. <laughs> so I think that what we have is a lot of people who are moderate. Uh, we have a few people who are really conservative. Uh, we have a few people who are really, um, uh, liberal. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, they're all used to us making, not making, uh, a thing about it. You know, I never, ne- I mean, even 20 years ago, you know, I never did much get my panties in a bunch over homosexuality, you know, not, not that I actually wear panties just to be clear, <laughs> but, um, I think the people in this congregation have experienced what people across the country have experienced, which is that, you know, as, as, um, their friends and family have started coming out and felt safer and better about coming out. They they realize, wow, these are people I know and love and care about and probably some people at work who I really admire. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and so from that standpoint, you know, they're like the rest of the country. So they don't really expect that I'm going to get up and, you know, make some big statement one way or the other, because we've kind of said, look, you know, we're all here together. Uh, mm. You know, just uh, we may not all think think the same way, but you know, we're not here uh, to um, condemn anybody, and we're not here to, mm-hmm. you know, exalt some people at the expense of others. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, uh, there's not a big expectation in our church that I would address this a lot. No question, we've lost people over the years, and uh, probably even recently, mm-hmm. um, you know, yeah, because. We haven't haven't made a big deal about it. How has it affected your relationship with other spiritual leaders or pastors in the area, or other other pastors that you might interact with? Um, you know, it's good. I I, I mean, uh, I'm I'm definitely in the minority for you know this area. Mm-hmm. So uh, most of the other guys are like, oh, this is terrible, and you know, it's it's all going to hell and and uh, the end of America and all that stuff and. But um, not that I, you know, I, I used to belong to a regular group, and, and they were all conservative guys, and we were really good friends, and we'd talk about this stuff all the time. And, you know, I'm the, 
you know, the big liberal guy, but they liked me and we like each other and we, you know, still like talk to each other when bad stuff happens and, you know, we're friends. And so, uh, always our, I would say that our conversations have been fun and engaging and, and, uh, interesting about this issue. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, when you see um when you see other pastors that um or or other leaders that might be that might be you know pre- preaching something that's hateful or discriminatory or um contradictory to what you believe scripture says um do you do you say anything about it to them what what's your response it depends uh, you know if they're you know it's really not that frequent that some guy gets on the news or in the paper with some rant, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like everywhere else. Um, you know, uh, people are, are realizing, I guess that, you know, the rants aren't, aren't really doing anything, you know, it's kind of more behind the scenes stuff, you know, that's, I mean, at this point, you know, they're, they're, it's just not that frequent that I encounter that situation. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, it depends if it's, you know, somebody's, you know, we're sitting around and I'm there, you know, then I'll say something. Uh, if somebody's going off in the newspaper or on the TV, you know, whatever, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna take the bait. Right. I heard something today. It's like, uh, um, oh, I think I heard it on NPR, but the, the guy was talking about Donald Trump and he says, uh, uh, you know, the, the thing about wrestling with a pig is that you both end up getting dirty, but the pig likes it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I don't want to really wrestle with the pig. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I actually always uh, like. We we both get in conversations with people or debates or discussions, you know, whatever in different online forums, Facebook or whatever. And <clears throat> oftentimes people just say, "Well, that person's not going to change their mind. They're like really entrenched in their beliefs." And and that that's there's definitely lots of cases of that. Um, but I would also say that sometimes it feels like there is a benefit to having those conversations, even if you're not going to change the other person's mind, just because of the other 30 or 40 people that are observing and not saying anything. <laughs> you know, those, yeah, those yeah, people are learning definitely. something, too. Definitely, definitely. But I think when it comes to changing people's minds, when you look at what happened in our country, it hasn't been, I don't think, the more public debate that did that. Mm-hmm. I think it's the private one-on-one conversations that did that. And I think that it's the knowing somebody who is like that. You know, I think it's like, you know, everybody who thinks Muslims are terrorists, you know, they don't know any Muslims. They don't know Ahmed, who's awesome and came here five years ago. And, you know, you went over to his house and his mom's amazing. And, <laughs> you know, that that's where, and I think the reason that things turn so quickly in public opinion on issues of, you know, LGBT is that, uh, people like felt starting feeling freer to come out. Mm-hmm. And once you knew them, you couldn't not like them. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I, that's where I think the minds got changed on this. I don't think the public debate did much because we've seen that with everything else, Obamacare or whatever, you name it. You know, you look at the polls, they don't move because everybody's just screaming and shouting in public. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's things like this where, where you actually like, oh, wow, I, I know somebody. So 
I had a conversation. I really like this person. Mm-hmm. That, that's why it turned. You know, the whole thing turned on on it being easier and better for people to come out. Because before, you know, you just you were around homosexuals that you liked all the time. You just didn't know it. Yeah. Yeah. So what would your I mean, I'm, I'm guessing it sounds like you just said it, but I'll, I'll ask you, what would your advice be to people that are that are curious about wanting to know more about this issue? Maybe to Christians um, th- that are on the fence or find themselves wondering or curious what to believe and, and, and want want to know more. What, what would you say to those people? Oh, man, there's just a lot of stuff there. I think I would say to Christians. A couple of things. One, I'd say, you know, look at those passages. Look at them. You know, uh, really look at them and figure out what, you know, what's going on here. I mean, like I say with the Apostle Paul, it's, it's just to throw in, usually when he's talking about homosexuality, it's thrown into a list of other things mm-hmm. that people don't get upset about. Uh, and so the passages are never about homosexuality. They are, you know, um, homosexuality is just included in some kind of a mix. Yeah. And then what does it really mean by by homosexuality when it says there? Is it talking about committed relationships or is it talking about, you know, something that, you know, especially if you look at the at kind of the historical and cultural context, what's it really talking about, you know? And the Old Testament, what's it really talking about when, you know, you get this big gang of people that want to you know, rape the men that are in the house and they says, Oh, here, give them the two daughters instead. That's way better. You know, let, you know, all these men rape my two daughters. You know, what, what, how, how is that a, in any way a passage you can use to condemn homosexuality? You know, really look at those passages. You know, mm-hmm. that's what I'd say. And I'd also say to Christians, you know, if you are, uh, it just doesn't make sense for a follower of Jesus to be judgmental. It's utterly at odds with his teaching, with his example. And when you're judging, you're not following. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we have this long history of, like, this, the sin du jour, you know, like whatever the sin of the moment is, you know. We identify this one sin, you know, that's, you know, some outrage or obsession. And then we hammer on it for two or three decades until our fury spent and society defies us. So then we give up defeated and move on to our next losing campaign. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the... Beginning of the 20th century, that was, you know, alcohol and the whole, you know, uh, prohibition thing. And then, you know, my parents were growing up with dancing, you know, and, uh, and then when I was, you know, in, you know, in high school and college in the seventies, it was divorce. But then we shut up about divorce when, you know, more than half of us were divorced and, you know, we started alienating people and their offerings, you know. Yeah. And now it's homosexuality and, you know, that's going to go on for a little while and then it's going to be some other new thing. And, you know, every time we do that, we make ourselves out to be the bullies and the hard asses and, you know, the mean-spirited, bigoted, phobic people, mm-hmm. you know. And it always ends up backfiring on Christians and Christianity. And it diverts us from our focus on, like, you know, the thing about all those things, there are things about which the Bible has relatively little to say. And the things that the Bible has, like, really a lot to say about, things like materialism. Christians don't talk about that. Yeah. You know, you know, the Bible has just as much to say, and in just as hearts of terms, about gluttony as it has to say about homosexuality. 
But you will not, in an evangelical church, ever find anybody preaching against gluttony. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, in an evangelical church especially, I mean, those people are like some of the fattest people in America. <laughs> They're like, you know, you need to put like shock absorbers on the pews, you know. Yeah. So it's like, you know, but they won't go there. Yeah. So, so why, you know, it's just so much hypocrisy in, in, in all of it. You know, materialism is like, you want to talk about a sin that erodes the moral fiber of a nation and destroys American lives and families, you know, and that is a major Bible theme. But American Christians aren't much interested in that. Yeah. Well, that's our, that's our next, our next podcast topic is going to be trying to find pastors that are glutton affirming. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. yeah, right which, on. That's which is, exactly. Which that's, is to say probably 90% of the yeah. church is judging by, well, judging I mean, by what know, I've observed. Have, yeah, you <laughs> cannot have church without donuts. Right. That is the rule. You cannot have it. So, it, it, yeah, no, it, it is. Uh, yeah, but that's where people ought to go, you know, is, uh, with that. Is, uh, I don't know. I really feel yeah. like the best arguments from against the anti-gay thing are going to come from people who really know the church and who really have been in that culture and really can see the hypocrisy of it. Mm. It's not going to come from, you know, the, the liberals and the Democrats and, the, you know, Hollywood and the liberal media and all that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all that stuff they're afraid of. It's going to come from best arguments against it are going to come from people in the church who are like, Hey, wait a minute. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, and I I would have to say I would have to think I should say that that if if Christians can come around on the issue of, um, you know, of believing whether they think homosexuality is a sin or not, then this like if 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 they can swing to the other side of the fence maybe and 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 be you know look at the scripture and start to feel like this is something that that maybe they feel differently about, then this recent. Uh, decision by the Supreme Court would be something to celebrate because, yeah, because they cherish the the institution of marriage, and now there's yeah. an opportunity for this huge percentage of the population to enjoy the same commitment and monogamy and and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yes, right, yeah, and there are some, you know, many churches that will do it, and and uh, and yet for and the others will end up there, but it's going to take them 20 years. And that's, again, that, that's another thing to damage the whole brand and, uh, you know, to yeah. see, see the problem we have is that the really more liberal, more progressive churches tend to be small, mm-hmm. you know, tend to be less vibrant, tend to be filled with, you know, old hippies and librarians and, <laughs> you know, the, the, the dynamic, you know, the, the real, you know, hard charging, charismatic, you know, uh, uh, personalities and the, um, large churches with a lot of influence, those tend to be conservative. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like we've just seen with the recent Pew poll that, that, uh, you know, the, the country is becoming more and more secular. I mean, it's because of things like this. There's another poll that said that for a third of the millennials, the, the reason that they're done with church is because of the homosexuality issue. Mm. Uh, the, um, the Pew poll, which is the big one everybody's talking about, shows that <clears throat> Christianity's aging out. I mean, um, you know, young people are, I mean, young people have always left the church, but now they don't come back. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, the share, the market share for atheists and agnostics is the fastest growing. Um, and it, it also talked about how there are um, something like for every one Christian convert, there are five people who are, who are former Christians. So yeah. the demographics are such, the, 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 the trends, the trajectory is such that uh, within 10 to 20 years, we will be Europe, basically, when it comes to church and Christianity. And uh, because they went through the same thing. And, you know, it's that that whole thing is going to happen so fast. I mean, I'm 58, so I'm kind of glad I'm getting out of this business because uh, it is uh, going to happen so fast. It's kind of like the ice shel- shelves, you know, they're just going to drop off. Of course, you know, the, the same people don't believe in global warming either. So uh, it's, uh, it's really uh, happening, you know, pretty quickly. And the gay thing is only a part of it. Yeah, uh, it's an important part of it, but it's it's really accelerated that uh, that decline. Yeah. So. Well. Mark, so yeah. I uh, I appreciate you being willing to share. Yeah. Uh, thanks, you guys. Um, yeah. I have I have yeah. to say well, you'll have to send me the link. I'll have to listen to <laughs> this and all all you know some of the other ones that you're doing too. Uh, well, yeah. If uh, do you do you want to mention the name of your church or where people can find more? If uh sure, it's called East Wind Community Church, like East, and then you know Wind, and then uh, the web uh, address is eastwindcc.com. Awesome. And they have, you know, there's like, uh, they've got on there all like, uh, latest messages. You know, you can listen to. Yeah. For, in fact, I've just finished a series that's kind of about like, uh, you know, I call it Who's Church For? And it's, you know, basically, obviously the answer is supposed to be for everyone, but then how do we, you know, what are we doing that unintentionally alienates and unintentionally, you yeah. know, excludes? And, uh, so that's where some of these things, that we talked about today, you know, I dressed there too. So, Awesome. Awesome. Anyway. Well, yeah. th- thank good. you, Mark. Yeah, you guys, good luck. Yeah, right. send, me the, send me your link. I will. See ya. All right, bye. bye. And we're back. That's a weird way to come back. <laughs> so there, well, that was Pastor Mark. Um, so, Christina, do we, uh, do, do you want to share about do you want to share about, I mean, so you had a very, very strong negative reaction after talking with Kevin. I wouldn't say after. I would say during. during. Yeah. During. and Which um, a lot of it you cut out because it's offensive and I didn't want him to have a platform yeah. for his hate. Yeah. So I this is one thing that, and I, uh, I touched on it when we were talking with Mark. We talked a little bit about it too, but one thing that there's, when it comes to Christians... Um, that are down with the gays <laughs> or down, down, like, you know, accepting of homosexuality, uh, in one way or another. Accepting. There are kind of like two, there are, are two different camps. One of them is, you know, we're gonna, um, we're okay with it, but it's still a sin. I mean, we're okay with it in the same way that we're okay with having people in our church that are greedy or whatever. Um, so therefore we'll be okay with it. And then there are people that are, th- there are Christians that say, yes, I mean, the, we will celebrate, you know, you are 
it's not a sin and you are accepted or whatever. Uh, and I, I, th- I think that, um, and this is something that you and I both talked about afterwards. I think that one of the, the dangers of, I mean, everybody knows like the Fred Phelps, that was his name, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. The, uh, Westboro Baptist guys that, that go around with all the nasty signs. And there are, there are lots of, um, hellfire and brimstone people that are out there that are very blatantly hateful towards homosexuals in a very aggressive and open way. Um, and then the, the, the thing that I think is very, very dangerous is that there are, there are Christians that, um, have a certain attitude where it comes off as a very like, Hey, we're, we love you. And we just, we love everybody because Jesus loved everybody. And Mm -hmm. Jesus hung out with prostitutes and Jesus hung out with, you know, tax collectors and criminals and whatever. So we can hang out with gay people. And it, uh, on the surface comes off as very loving and very accepting and, and warm or whatever. Uh, but I think that, one of the things that maybe people don't realize is that that uh, lurking under the surface is the exact same thing as the Westboro Baptist yes. guys. Like it's, it's, it's the exact same theology. It's the exact same attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just has like a, <laughs> it has a shiny veneer right on the outside of it, I guess. Right. And, and when going into this, you kind of knew everything that he was going to say. You knew all his talking points because this is not new to you. Yeah. And to me, going in blind, as we always talk about that, I don't really know the Christianese terms or, or what I'm getting into. To me, it was more of a black and white issue. It was either you are gay affirming and accepting um, and see people as all equals or your uh, Fred Phelps type situation. Mm-hmm. And you opened my eyes to, well, no, there's a full spectrum of people. And also I noticed that. So my friends on Facebook that I know outside of you were all rainbowed. Rainbowed or saying stuff, mm-hmm. or I know that they are um, very LGBT friendly. Mm-hmm. Um, or are part of that group or whatever. Um, but then people that I know through you, either your friends or family that you've brought into my life, yeah. we're all saying things like, Jesus is the one true. God loves right. everyone. Jesus loves everyone, so I love everyone. And I didn't understand what this actually meant. Mm-hmm. Or culture, this was a big one too. This is the new... Um, underlying hate speak that everyone should be aware of if you're not is that when they say culture should not define religion or how you feel mm-hmm. that's a way of people saying culture is saying that gays are okay but we're not okay with that mm-hmm. so that that stuff just passed me by because i didn't understand it and these people i know are very religious so uh someone say you know specifically a couple people saying I love Jesus or Jesus is right or God loves everybody. That's probably one of every 10 of their posts anyways, Mm -hmm. a Bible verse or saying something like that. And then we talked to Kevin and I've met him a a lot of times Mm -hmm. and I saw him as 
as some, I wouldn't have put him on the spectrum of a Fred Phelps. And then he started speaking and I, I couldn't do it. And then I realized that they just, um, hide it. It, it, you know, like I say, what I was saying at the time is at least white supremacists wear a costume, wear Mm -hmm. a uniform. And we know, Hey, stay away from those guys. They're wearing hoods or Fred Phelps is standing outside of funerals saying terrible things. Um, we know those are the enemy. These people are just hate wrapped into Jesus rapper. And -hmm. they're saying that they're, they love everyone. It's all a lie. It's all a sham. They may feel that they do, but they want it on their terms. We love everyone that fits into our tiny little box by our definition. And if you don't fit into that, we'll accept you, but probably not into leadership. You can't play the guitar in our choir. You can't teach Sunday school. You can't, you probably can't get married in our church. Even if your quote unquote sin is just living in sin Mm -hmm. or living, I I hate that term, living, living out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. I mean, he equated you and I living. Kevin. Yes. Yeah. Living, not married together Mm -hmm. in the same breath as someone who has sex with children Mm -hmm. and then also gay people. All of those people look exactly the same to him. I mean, there's probably different layer levels of that in his head of the different layers of sin, but he said he would accept them all because Jesus would, mm-hmm. but that, you know, they can't hold leadership in his church. And he also commented about, um, anyone is welcome into his church right. and he would definitely be accepting and, uh, Jesus loves everyone. And, you know, you have to do that because, you know, whatever God says, Here's the thing that I wanted to say before I left. You don't have to, these people, I'm not even just saying him specifically. They're 90% of these Christian churches are probably like this, right? Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about LGBT people coming <laughs> into your church. Yeah. They do not want to be there. Yeah. And if they do, I feel very sorry for them that because they probably don't know. They probably don't know to read between the lines of this hate speech. Yeah. Or they, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't project like that, but I would, I, there are, um, you know, I, I, I've known a number of Christians that have, uh, quote unquote, struggled with same sex attraction. Mm-hmm. They won't even call it, you know, homosexuality or whatever they call it, same sex attraction, um, and, and view it as a sin. And so there's this part of their nature just as much as, mm-hmm. you know, you're attracted to whoever you're attracted to and I'm attracted to whoever I'm attracted to. Like there's this part of this very nature that now the culture that they're in has them believing and convinced that that's a sin and that's wrong and that's not okay for them to feel that way. And that has to, that has to just be a horrible feeling. And I'm not sure. Well, that's why the suicide rate is so high with, with gay teens. Yeah. Specifically ones that are raised in Christian homes. And so is that better? Is that what they want? Is that what these people want? Yeah. I I mean, I just, I just don't get it. I I don't understand. What was it like for you? I mean, the juxtaposition. So we talked to Kevin on a Thursday night and then we talked to Mark the following morning. I mean, what was, what were the, the differences for you? The difference of Kevin, I actually literally turned the mic off, took my headphones off, ran downstairs and just cried. 
yeah the entire time well, and then you, like, like rage tweeted a bunch too yes that's yeah. true check my tweets if you want to see about that um i was very i was angry crying i wasn't like sad crying because i mean i feel sad for people that are raised in this situation yeah because it's a lot and it made me want to like take in a bunch of foster kids of gay teens that are raised like this or um have some kind of like volunteer at some kind of Mm -hmm. place that helps people through this. But, um, so there was that. And then, um, had, you know, flushed out my feelings all that night. And then the next day, and then we talked to Mark Mm -hmm. and it was like a breath of fresh air. He is what every Christian should be like. This is what church should be like. I think I, I think he got off the phone and I was like, if I lived in Boise, I want all my family that lives in Boise. I want to live in Boise. I want to, I want to tie to his church. This is what church should be like. This is how Christians should be. This is what they pretend to be like. This is what Jesus would be like. Well, one, there was one thing that, um, really struck out to me that you said, and, and, um, that was that you, he didn't speak in any words that you didn't understand. Yeah. There wasn't anything Kevin he said that was he doesn't understand. Kevin was all Christianese. There are, all of it. Well, Bullshit not just, not just Kevin, but like, I mean, there are often times when me and you are at family gatherings. Oh, yeah, Or yeah. you're like on a I'm group just, email yeah. or a text message, and there will be stuff that's said that you just don't understand. Mm-hmm. And we talked to Mark for... 35 or 40 minutes mm-hmm. and we got off the phone and you were like, Oh my gosh, I actually understood everything he said. Yeah. I didn't need, because this Christianese terms, a lot of it is, uh, double speak. Mm-hmm. It's double speak and it's bullshit. That isn't true to what people are actually saying. Um, so he talked, frankly, he talked in a way that is open and honest. Yeah. And, and that's how I felt about I mean, just like he, the 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 um, status updates about culture dictating, or mm-hmm. Jesus loves everyone, and so should I, or God loves everybody. It's like say say what you mean. Say what you mean. Say what you mean because it feels yeah. very. If subversive. if you're gay affirming and you thought that that decision was awesome, say it. Yeah. If you think it's terrible, say it. Yeah. Or don't say it. I mean, I either way. Yeah. But talking well, in double speak. I think I think that some people are scared. Some people are scared to say how they really feel because the the tide has turned against them in recent years more so than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, homophobic people or hateful people can't really say what they mean because they know that they will get eaten alive. And to to a certain extent, I think that that's I think that that's, that's good. good. Yeah, that's I good. mean, I think that's a good thing. I I was I was thinking about um after the Supreme Court thing happened, and I I was just thinking about how. So people obviously are hold back on Facebook. Some people hold mm-hmm. back on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Lots of kind of, like you said, lots of Christianese and like stuff cloaked in whatever. Jesus is still or king Bible quotes or, you... you know, whatever. And, uh, uh, but it, that was in a more public setting. So I, I was thinking about the Sunday morning after that ruling <laughs> happened. I was just thinking about like, uh, I mean, the... Looking inside, ju- probably ninety percent of churches, it must have just been a dumpster fire. Like the <laughs> just the hate and the grossness and the stuff that was being said. Like the but I'm sure that it was responsive. All, yeah. But I'm sure that it was all all hidden double speak. Yeah, I just I don't know. I think it's. I so bet I could have gone to one of those and I wouldn't have known that I was supposed to feel. 
that are, that mm-hmm. they were being hateful. So, and then the the other thing that I have a hard time with is that I mean, these are people like these people that are saying stuff against homosexuals and and all that kind of stuff that I'm seeing like on my news feed. On Facebook, I mean, these are people that I interact with on a regular basis, people that I see that I know that I know disagree with me. You know, I mean, like I made my picture rainbow mm-hmm. or whatever. And I the one of the biggest reasons I did it is because I, w- I found myself s- scared to do it because I was like thinking about all of my friends that were going to see it and I was they were going to be somehow disappointed in me or something. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I realized that that was the reason that I like hadn't done it as like well now i have to mm-hmm. now i have to do this and i went and looked anyway i lo- there was like 15 people that unfriended me in 24 hours good as a result of it which is just cra- it's just it's crazy it's I- crazy and i i think that the so one of the things that mark said that that i loved about um kind of the the conversations that he sees changing sort of the hearts and minds of people are these like one-on-one conversations in these one-on-one relationships. And so one of the things that I'm like this time that we're living in right now is presented with so many opportunities to speak truth into really dark places. That's a very Christian thing that I just said Mm -hmm. to to speak, you know, to, to, when people say this like hate speech or when they say things that are negative and destructive, it, it, presents a great opportunity to say oh hey like maybe think about it this way or whatever but my oftentimes my gut reaction is just to go after people like full bore or like be a total dick or i mean i don't i don't know the best way (laughs) i don't know the best way to do it well i think that there's also ways that you can tell um so i was going to tell a story that someone that i really like and respect um wanted to ask questions about me having a gay dad. And I know that she probably doesn't have many gay friends or maybe even never met a gay person before. And so she didn't really have the terminology and Your dad is gay. <laughs> Stop it. Um, and she didn't really have the terminology. That explains and why he's married to a dude. <laughs> anyone else? I would have not anyone else, but the way that I know that she was coming at the question was like with love and actual want actually wanted to know the answer mm-hmm. and, and how she asked it could have been taken offensively, but I know that it, that that wasn't the intent. Mm-hmm. So I think that there's that as well. When you know the intent of someone is actually hate or um, coming at you for that, to me, that's when you just delete that person out of your Facebook and out of your life. Yeah. I actually said that advice to someone. They said, it's funny because half my Facebook is rainbow and the other half are talking about how they're depressed. And I go, well, that's easy for you to just now filter them, pe- <laughs> sure. those people out of your life. <laughs> yeah. Okay. There's this old photo. I don't know if you saw it because, you know, homeschool. This old photo of um, three men being lynched in the South. Mm-hmm. Um it's an old historic picture and there's people that would actually go to the town to watch it. Mm-hmm. And this was actually a pretty late um, photo and there's photos of like teen, they're probably late teens watching it with like kind of joy mm-hmm. in their faces. And I just think what it would be like to be that person's family member to see that old photo and see like so many people watching Mm-hmm. Men get murdered in the trees. 
hung from trees and there being joy about it. And that's how the same thing I'm thinking about this is that looking back in a couple years, you're going to look like an idiot and you're on the wrong side of history in this one. And I Me? don't know. I'm just saying people are oh, the, right. the ones that are saying culture dictates, which made me mad about another thing that Kevin said is that when we, when you asked him about the polygamy thing is that he used cultures, culture dictated that polygamy was a necessity. I don't know if you've mm-hmm. actually cut that out or whatever, but that we have changed and the world is different now and we don't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but when, but that's culture is used as a reason to be anti-gay as well. Mm-hmm. So it, it's like picking and choosing, which is like something that really drives me insane. Yeah. That you can't pick and choose Bible quotes out of the Old Testament and then also on in the other breath say that the Old Testament doesn't matter, that all the rules don't matter anymore. Yeah. But good news is we didn't break up and we yeah. didn't quit the podcast, which we're both mm-hmm. on on the verge. Well, that still might happen. We have to at least get to triple digits. We have to at least get to 100 episodes before we can quit. Break up or the quit. Podcast. So we have at least one more, at least one more episode in us. We'll see. It's it's on a day-to-day basis at this point. The, that episode or recording with him, I wish we had video. Yeah. I'm sure that people would have loved to see that. Yeah, I one thing that really struck me as interesting, there's this um there's this uh Facebook page that I follow sometimes um called stuff christian culture likes and uh it's it's a lot of it's comprised of a lot of kind of maybe disenfranchised or christians that have been that are have left the church or are in some stage of leaving the church or are more liberal leaning or you know kind of in uh, gone through a lot of the stuff similar stuff that i've gone through or whatever and so um it it is uh it has at times been a very healing group for me to read and interact with some of the people on there and it has times been a very unhelpful thing uh <laughs> that does not help my outlook on life or whatever and so i sometimes need to take breaks but i i dip back in every once in a while and there was one thing um there was a whole thread on there uh recently um where the somebody the page posted and said if you got crap from your Christian friends or family for making your profile picture rainbow mm-hmm. t- talk on it on here, comment on here or whatever. And it was just thre- comment after comment after comment of people that got weird stuff. And I mean, I have, I don't, I don't want to out this person mm-hmm. as they would say, but um, I, uh, I have a, a, somebody that I know that's fairly close to me that, um that made their profile picture rainbow. And it was like, it was kind of a big, I think it was kind of a big step for this person because maybe that were, um, I don't know. It just seemed like a, a kind of a, a courageous thing that this person mm-hmm. did. And they got crap from their family, immediate, like text messages, emails, concerned messages from friends, family. I love stuff concerned like that, from that, you know, family questions about questioning their theology, wanting to know, you know, what that meant about their walk with Jesus or <laughs> yeah. their time or yeah. space with Jesus. I don't know. The I mean, words. It's just, I don't know. It's, it's, um, it's a crazy time that we're living in, but I also think, you know, there's a lot of people that are, uh, that are making 
good choices in the midst of it. And I think that a lot of people are being challenged to think differently. And um, it, in a lot of ways, it's kind of drawing a line in the sand, you know, that's, um, you know, challenging, challenging people one way or another. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, there's so much complexity and whatever wrapped up in all of that. And I don't know. I feel for a lot of people, I guess. But uh Well what I've noticed it and I really liked something that Mark said is that people that actually study the Bible go back into its original text and think about the history of when it was written and what those words actually mean have a very different outlook of what that text means and says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that the Bible has been well, not think, know that the Bible's been used to murder people, rape them. I mean, so many terrible things in history. Mm-hmm. And this is just another way to do it, way to discriminate. And Yeah. Yeah. So next week's show, we're going to try and find um, churches that are openly glutton-affirming. <laughs> 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 will accept uh accept and love the glutton and the uh anyone that has a pie eating contest <laughs> yes yeah yeah uh thank you guys for listening we would love to hear what you think about all this stuff or what you've thought about it you can contact us a myriad of ways phone number email anonymous forum on our website all of that stuff all the contact information's at nerdoutloudpod.com all the shows are on there are you know just search for Nerd Out Loud on Facebook, Twitter. You'll find us. And um, drop us a line. Let us know what you think. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Christy, you have any last words? Never wait for cake. Jesus tells me that I have to love everyone, but I also like you. Let your nerd flag fly!